The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Joseph Sund. Hey, Father. Good to be with you. And Pat Scott. Hey, Pat. Hello there. Uh, for, before we get into our topic, I want to tell everyone about a show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called Let's Science. Perfect show to go with Secrets of Technology. You can find Let's Science wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash science. And every week they tackle, every other week they tackle uh, an interesting science topic in the news in about 20 minutes or so from a Catholic perspective. And uh, it's a great show. So you definitely should check it out. sqpn.com slash science. So as has been our custom from the beginning, and this goes all the way back. So we've been at this Four years now with Secrets of Tech, uh, we do an annual series of Christmas episodes, Christmas gift guides, uh, where we're, we we start in November. I know, I know, we're not putting up our decorations or playing carols, uh, but we're starting now in November because it gives you time to start thinking about gift buying because, but hey, folks, as, as we record this, Thanksgiving's in a week. <laughs> So Black Friday sales are coming, all that sort of stuff. So you, it's time to start thinking about uh, gifts. And we like to do, you know, cover tech related potential gifts, gift ideas here on the show. And sometimes not so high tech, uh, but uh, I think today we're, we're we, all, everything we've got is pretty high tech. So um, we don't have a, a general theme, uh, but I think you'll recognize some some of our common interests that have come up in the show uh, in the past. And so, Pat, why don't you go first? I know this is an int- a particular interest of yours, the your gifts, that ideas that you've come up with. Right. Well, we had talked about doing something about home automation. And I said, oh, I don't have any. So, I, But I can do leisure automate, uh, automation. There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> here's how I automate my leisure. Uh, the biggest thing that's been enjoyable for me over the last two or three years has been a VR headset. And up until now, I've had a a, a VR headset from Meta called the Quest 2. And they came out with a Quest 3 a couple of months ago, and I finally bit the bullet and got a Quest 3. So I wanted to say that it is very good. It has a wider field of vision. It has a colored uh, um, AR so that you can actually see your room and everything in color now and see it very clearly. The cameras are quite good. Right. They have smaller controllers and better hand tracking. And uh, the only thing that was holding me back was they didn't have a battery strap that would let me, you know, play my two and a half or three hours worth of golf. So <laughs> I finally, when they announced that that strap was ready, I went ahead and bit the bullet. So um, basically the Quest 3, they have either 128 100, or 512 gigabyte space. I went for the 512 
but I think, you know, for people who are just going to concentrate on a couple of, of uh, exercise and a couple of games, the 128 would be fine. But, you know, you always run out of space when you buy the low model. So yeah. that's what I did. And the headset that I uh, chose is the Bobo VR on the two, I had the Bobo VR Pro 2, and so I upgraded to the Bobo VR 3, and it has a, a place for replaceable batteries, which interchange with my two. And uh, so if what I was going to suggest is that if you were interested in getting VR for somebody in the family, it, depending upon your budget, uh, the the Quest 2 is still very good, and it's been discounted recently because of the 3 coming out. So you could get the Quest 2 in the Bobo VR headset for it, or you could get the Quest 3 in the headset for it. Uh, the headset that comes with the Quest is a little bit tight and caused, caused me to have headaches, so I really like the, this uh, Bobo VR. It's, it goes around your head, and it's a halo. Right. type thing. So it just kind of floats. It doesn't push on you like the uh, the standard elastic strap does. Does it make you holier? <laughs> I'm sorry? Does, does it, it makes make me you holier. holier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a hole in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to st- pause for a second to kind of just comment on that because uh, I've got the uh, Quest 2 with the Bobo VR and it's I think it was my pick of the week once. And it is really a, a nice upgrade. It is uh a really it changes the way you use it and um the the way it sits on your head it's less intrusive it's less it's not as tight like you said um and it's got a space for to put an uh, additional battery on it which is magnetically attached to give you that extra playing time which is uh, really nice yeah, it's kind of sad when you're in the middle of a game and you're almost up to the last hole and you you lose your battery you know that's that's a problem so this one you just reach down put on the other one and I keep a spare so that I've always got one charged. Right. So, and it magnetically attaches to the back of the, the VR strap. So it's, it's easy to, to do it even without having to take it off. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, it's kind of like actual golf though. Cause usually near the last holes, I'm losing my battery anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. But I, you know, unfortunately this doesn't give me as good exercise as real golf, but I do do the supernatural, which is, is the exercise program. Yes. So I could get by with V uh, with golf <laughs> and, uh, supernatural and a couple of other games and be fine on the one, you know, on the, the lower, uh, the quest size. Two. Yeah. But on the other hand, I like to tinker and I like to try new things. And then <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, other thing that I don't need, but a lot of people find very helpful are uh, especially if you're doing a fast paced game where you do a lot of exercise and sweating and stuff like that. A lot of people really like hand grips. So even though I don't use them, I thought for a Christmas gift idea uh, that uh, the hand grips to keep your palms from sweaty, you get a better grip on it. And they, of course, have a strap so they don't fly off into breaking your TV or something. Uh, So there were two brands that most of my buddies like, and I'm and I'm going to put those in the show notes. So, oh, the other thing that I uh, mentioned is one other time. 
was if you like to play in a dark room, like you've got people in the next room and they're trying to sleep and you want to watch a movie or you want to do something very quietly with your quest, there are some infrared lights that are very good for either playing in a dark room or I've had people talk about they go put them on their patio at night and they can play Mm. outside on their patio. But you don't want to play outside during the daytime. It's right. it's too easy to get light in the lenses, and then you've got a burnt out quest. Right. So. Right. But those are my choices uh, for the hardware. Yeah. Can I ask you about the mixed reality aspect of it? Have you done much of that with the the, the Quest Three? Because that's the new thing. Because the Vision Pro is gonna you know gonna have that mixed reality. You see the world around you in the midst of your VR. Have you done much of that? Yeah, uh, not a lot of it, but of course it's it's there when you first turn it on, and you could either go into the the special home room that they have that you can put all sorts of environments on, or you can leave it in the pass through mode. Only it's not that gray, ghostly pass through. It is a very pretty clear. It's not photographic clear, but it's pretty clear, and I can read my watch or look at my phone and get you know most of my stuff done without having to take off the headset. Oh, that's good. And so, and I yeah. can reach over and get something to drink or or whatever. And and of course, if you had children or dogs, it would be nice to be able to see them come in and and not step on them. Uh, and then there are several games that are pitched for actually taking advantage of your room. And one of the new features it has is when you set it up, it will scan your room. Not just you draw a boundary. It actually scans the whole room with the furniture and everything in it, and you can see it doing its little graphing type thing. And then uh, one of the first games they they have is there's monsters that are coming in from outer space and they're breaking your roof and they're coming in the in the walls and you see chunks of your lamp fall down <laughs> and the bookcase <laughs> go away. And uh, so it's very realistic. On the other hand, if I'm playing golf, I don't want to see my room. I want to see the the fairyland of Elfheim or or uh, Bogey's Bonanza or, or the Cherry Blossom or something like that. I want to see those environments but yeah it's supposed to uh, there are some other games zombies is one that they said was quite good that used your own rooms as a you know you're actually in them doing that but i haven't played a lot more than just because i just got this last week so i haven't had a lot of time to play with it but it, mm. it's very effective in the things i've looked at now pat with the um especially thinking of this for people who might be fall prone who might fall. Is there stuff that you can do that's more sitting down? Oh, I sit, I do almost everything sitting down. And most of the games adjust for it, or I say games, but apps. And most of them allow you to do either seated mode or standing. But uh, except for my supernatural, everything I do, I'm, I'm in a rolling chair that has uh, a back on it. And so uh, I can scoot around and get around very easily in that. And uh, now, if you were talking, there are some apps that are intended to make you feel like you're going to fall. Richie's Plank is one. Uh, But uh, for the person who does have a problem with dizziness or unstable, yeah, you could do 90% of the things, you know, uh, without being standing and walking around. That include the golf game? Oh, yeah. That's that's the one I do. I, I use that several times a week. And I play sitting down. And uh, now I can stand, but. It's mini golf, just to be clear. Like, it's not like. Okay, okay. You know, like the regular fairways. 
Yeah, yeah, it's putting. It's not driving. Uh, you know, like on a on you know at Augusta National, it's it's like mini golf uh, things. So that yeah, that works well. And there's settings like you can tell it you know do couch mode, and you can and you can be sitting down while you're doing it. And um, I've I've done it too with, with some games, but yeah, like Supernatural is an exercise app, and it's designed to be get you up and moving around. So if you're unsteady on your feet, you don't want to be doing that one anyway, or Beat Saber for that matter. Right, but they do have adjustments and accommodations in Supernatural now for one-handed, for sitting, oh. and for no turning, nice. things like that, and oh, wow. a large platform so that you don't feel like you're going to fall off the Great Wall of China. Uh, so they've they've made accommodations quite oh, yeah. well. It's been a while since I I played that, so that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they've added something uh, like knee kicks so that even though you don't really have a lower legs in the game, you know, part of it is engaging your lower body as well. Okay. So they've got lots of accommodations uh, and, and changes in there. Nice. Very good. That's awesome. I mean, it's uh, VR, like, especially when you consider the, the Vision Pro is going to be three grand. You know, even the best highest end of the meta headsets is 650. What was it? You know, it's not that it's comparatively, it's a lot, it's a lot less expensive. But even if you go for the Quest 2, which is still really good, uh, that's, you know, a couple hundred bucks. That's that's right. Two hundred fifty nine dollars. I think it was that I yeah. saw. Or, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And, and so, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's a really nice, it'll be a, a really nice gift, I think, for a lot of people. So that's that's awesome. Now being made by Facebook, does that require a Facebook login to use? No, it doesn't anymore. You can set up a meta account without that. But if you want to take advantage of being able to engage in games where you're using the Facebook Messenger to mm -hmm. set up your games and stuff like that, then you have to log right. in. But no, you can do it strictly with a meta account and not connect it to Facebook now. Right. So you don't need a Facebook account, but you're still giving you them all your information. So, you you know, it's the same company, but. But it doesn't tie it to your to your your, uh, Facebook, your Facebook profile unless okay. you ask it to. Right. Okay. Right. 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 Excellent. Very good. So, Father, what uh, do you have for some gift guide ideas? So I went the route of the home automation, um, and so my first one I don't think you should be using when you have your Meta um, <laughs> Oculus headset on. That probably wouldn't be a good idea. And this first one was we bought it for a rectory. About a year back now, and it's the Roomba mop. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would be a problem while I was doing my meta. And so this is, <laughs> the the full name of it is the iRobot Brava Jet. And so what this is, is it's like your Roomba vacuum cleaner, except after you run your Roomba vacuum cleaner, you can also run a Roomba mop. And so this actually has mop pads on it that sprays and mops your house for you. We have it set up. There's a whole routine set up on Tuesdays when neither priest is in the rectory usually. And but we're able to let the whole house get cleaned by robots and we're good to go. So to clarify, there are some robot, you know, floor cleaners that are vacuums, some that are just mops and some that are both. Now, of course, the ones that are both are much more expensive, but this is just the mop and it's 299 which is compared to uh, right now actually on Amazon it's 299 uh normally uh, 499 so that's a pretty good deal right now and that's a pretty yeah that's a pretty good price for it uh and what's nice about the these is they uh you you can have it'll map your house out 
like you can set it to to do to map out all the rooms so it knows where things are, and then you can tell it you can schedule it. You know, these times be in these rooms, and these times be in those rooms, and then these times don't bother us. And it will even recharge itself when it running low on the battery and yep. resume. I I totally want one of these. It's entirely impractical for my family, uh, just because there's seven of us in this house all the time in every room. Uh, along with all the Legos. So, <laughs> but someday when it's just me and my wife, we're totally getting these. <laughs> well, you could, maybe they could add a, a, a part to help sort the Legos out for you and put them in boxes. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would pay a thousand dollars for that. <laughs> they would sell millions of those. Take my money. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think this was a product that was made for priest directories to be perfectly honest. Um, so we have the Roomba vacuum run separate. But you can actually, I don't have it set up this way, but you can actually have them tied together that it tells the ma- the Brava Jet when it's finished vacuuming and sends wow. it the signal that it's time to go and mop the same area it just vacuumed. Wow. Wow. Living in the Jetsons. <laughs> yes. It is a jet. <laughs> it is a jet. What was her name? Rosie, Rosie. right? Rosie, yeah. Rosie. So this is, this is Rosie. This is the full Rosie here. And we have those vinyl wood floors and it does a really good job on them. And so there's things you have to change on it, right? There's pads that you have to put on it. They come with disposable pads and they kind of want you to keep buying the disposable pads. You can buy reusable from Roomba and you can also buy third party renewable. I found the third party renewable to be just as good. And so you can buy like a 10 pack of those throw them in the washing machine with just water and clean them and they work great. Um, And then you can use, they have a specialty cleaner that they want you to use. um, And if you're not using that and you damage it, it's going to avoid your warranty. Um, But if you dilute regular cleaning fluid, it works fine. So that's the other nice thing is it just takes regular cleaner and has a little spray bottle thing, basically that it, an electronic sprayer, that it sprays it out on the floor and mops over it. Um, and so the continual upkeep is pretty cheap of it. It's just that initial cost. Nice. Cool. That's really cool. I like it. Yeah. One of one side note is I found it helpful to wet the pads before you start it mopping. So you're not dry mopping the first 50 feet of your house. So Right. Right. <laughs> Good. Good point. Good point. Second thing goes into more of the home automation and it's piggybacking off of last Christmas. I kind of gave a little spoiler alert that luckily my folks weren't listening to that yet. I did a um, automation of my parents house. Um, My dad is the one who's a little more fall prone. And so but he is also an IT guy. He spent 30 years of his life being a programmer. So he is open to using the tech. And so we set up. With the Alexa and all of that, we set up the ability for him to turn on the lights and all of that. So what I used, I in my own place, I used Lutron stuff, but that's a little higher expense. And I didn't want to go that high expense on him and have to rewire his entire house. So we went with the GE Sync Smart Home. And so that is both light bulbs and light switches. If you just want to do the light bulbs and you don't want to change out any light switches, you can go that way. They have plugs. They have all of that. And so they range from 10 to $50 on things. So the bulbs, the bulbs are usually 10 or 12 bucks. So they're really um, a low price. They 
work fairly well. I've had a couple times that the Wi-Fi drops on them, but you're going to have that with some of those smart home things anyway. And so have that set up for them and it's worked very well. Is it a hub system where there's like, like Philips has a hub that they all connect to or is it directly connect to your Wi-Fi? This is the beauty is it's not a hub, it's a mesh. So it's they connect to each other. So if your Wi-Fi doesn't reach out, it will work. I have a separate Wi-Fi network in their home set up for the smart home. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that, but I find that more helpful than not. So, but that's because they had a IT guy setting up their home network. Right, so right. <laughs> didn't want to mess with that. <laughs> so I wanted to set something up separate that kept their home network clean, which will leave me lead me into my final pick. Mm-hmm. And my final pick is the Eero Mesh Wi-Fi for the house. And this was actually my brother got this for my folks as a gift a couple years ago. And they they always had horrible Wi-Fi in their house. And this has solved that problem once and for all. And so works really well. You can buy a subscription service for it that gives you some more control over your network, but you don't have to. They don't do that and it works fine. And then what you can do is you can tie that in. If you have any of the newer Amazon Echoes, um, I can't remember which generation it is, but any of the newer Amazon Echoes have actually the Eero extender in them. And so it extends your Wi-Fi through your Amazon Echo. So wherever you have one of those devices, your Wi-Fi by a $40 device expands. So with those two tied together, we have whole home Wi-Fi for them that was under a couple hundred dollars when everything was all done, said and done. So I have the Eero 60, uh, 6 Plus, the the, the late, whatever the latest version is, the the, the current uh, Eero system in my house. I have a, like, it. they're all like the same. Like the, it used to be like there was a base station and extenders, but now they're all the same. Uh, you know, they can all be base stations or router you know, extenders, depending on how you configure it. Um, but I, uh, yeah, one of the things I love about it is that I can set up, um, profiles and so I have like uh, you know the adults are have their own profile the the teens have a profile and the and the younger kids have a profile and then I have a smart home profile that I put all my smart home stuff on and you can turn on and off pause you know like it's 10 o'clock time for everyone to go to bed and I turn off the wi-fi to all the devices on this you know the the kids uh euro profile so that's great about it that control it gives and uh, I do have the subscription because I, I it gives me a, a one password for families subscription and it gives me oh, wow. VPN. And what was the third thing? So the, a third thing that I also use. And it turned out, you know, looking at the expense, I'm actually saving money by because I was paying for all of these things separately to begin with. Now I'm actually saving money by doing the Euro Plus uh, uh, subscription. Um, so you may consider that, uh, if, you know, in the in the cost of it, but it's uh, now. Does that give you filtration with that too? Um, no, it doesn't give like a, like a, like network level, like pie holes level. You know, sort of. Fil- yeah, filtering. I guess you could set you could set up a the well, DNS settings to filtrate. Well, but. I should I should actually no. Uh, there is some filtering at the at the at the uh, router level. Um, there, oh, how was it? Uh, there's a setting for that. 
Um, I'm specifically thinking with like your kids. So if someone was looking at a family level with this, would this be a device that they could use to have some family filtration in their home, which is better than nothing? (laughs) So, yes, actually, it does do some of that because I have have it open and um, there is the option you can turn on advanced security. So it prevents access to sites that host malicious content or viruses, botnets, phishing sites, and more. And you can turn on ad blocking at the network level as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very leery of turning on ad blocking at the network level only because sometimes some sites are just really rude about their yes. ads. And if I can't turn it off on my computer, I got to go turn, you know, do it at the network level. It's a whole hassle. So, uh, but you know, you do what you do, you, you know, whatever that works for you guys. But um, it also tells you like, uh, it just, let's see, uh, the, in the activity scan, it has blocked 10 threats and has blocked so so many ads. Like, it will block some ads natively. I f- I'm not sure how or, you know, why, but there's, like, I think malicious ads, I think, is the, the, the obnoxious ones. It's mm-hmm. it's blocking some at that level. But so there is some of that at the network level. It's not okay. it's not pie hole level. I say pie hole. It's a Raspberry Pi uh, software that you can install and it's really advanced and you can really tweak it. Um, but it's, it's really nerdy and technical. Whereas this is flip a switch and, and it does it for you. So it, it's like, it's Jack Thomas, um, father Corey and I nerdy. Yes, level. exactly. That's right. That's right. It's <laughs> Linux guide nerdy versus, uh, you know, flipping a switch. Uh, so excellent. Very good. And then the GE sync smart home. That's very interesting. I like the idea of, a bunch of stuff that works, that's designed to work together. That's various kinds of things, thermostats, wall switches, outlets, uh, light bulbs, that sort of stuff. So that's, that's really good. Yeah. The one additional note I had on the, especially if you're doing switches, um, my parents live in an older home that was built in the fifties. And when you're doing smart things, smart home things, neutral wires are a big thing. And so you have to look carefully to make sure that, to know what your home has. Basically, right. if your home was built after the 80s, mid 80s, you're probably going to need neutral wires. If your home right. was built before then, you're going to have to buy the more expensive ones that don't have the neutral wires. Right. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means that you need to get the equipment that's for your home. Uh, that sort yep. of thing. So, yeah. And I hate to ask what a neutral wire is. So, uh, um, Go ahead, Father. To take you it's ca- it's ca- it, 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 I'm going to be too really on technical on this. It, it's a low voltage wire that helps to differentiate if a um, device is on and off for the sure. switch. Okay. For the, yeah. So I don't know the whole thing of it. I just know that every house I've ever been, lived in is old and doesn't have them. Right. Okay. So since, since the eighties, it's been code to have a neutral wire in the, uh, in the electrical. So, um, okay. Yeah. Di- disclaimer SQPN does not endorse you doing your own electrical work. <laughs> if, you, if you, if you don't know what an electrical of uh, a neutral wire is, uh, Stay hire, away. Hire, no, hire an electrician or find someone who yeah. knows what they're doing, you know, or at least watch some YouTube videos, <laughs> but don't sue us if you electrocute yourself. <laughs> Most of this stuff is designed to be accessible to someone who's a little bit home handy, you know, so, and they give instructions and stuff. So um, just be safe. 
All right. Excellent. So uh, I also went with the home automation uh, theme for my uh, gift ideas this this time. Um, and uh, all of these are things that I use myself. And I, I could have gone crazy. I just did three. I, I, I restrained myself uh, from going nuts on my list here. But the first one is uh, the easiest way to get started with home automation is smart outlets. Like the, these are the little plug things that go into your existing outlets and the, they connect to whether it's HomeKit or Alexa or Google Assistant and, or, you know, whatever. It connects to any of those systems. And the ones that I f- uh, find are inexpensive and easy to use is the Miros or Miros or however you pronounce it. Some of these made up names, I don't know. But uh, I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, so what I have here, uh, listed is a four pack. So you get four of these for 40 bucks. So they're about 10 bucks each, uh, which is pretty good. You got to be careful. You got to look at what you're buying, because um, if you are a home Apple HomeKit person, get the HomeKit version. If you are if you don't have HomeKit, if you prefer Google Assistant or Alexa, get the other one. But you want to pay the the, the Apple tax and get the HomeKit one if you if you are a home if you have a HomeKit home, because it just connects easier to to things to your to your home kit. I have a mixture of of home kit and and non-native home kit Miros and frankly the non-native home kit ones are are they, they've been annoying because they don't work as well with the without with home kit. But that said, it's a pretty good deal and right now there's a $10 coupon if you go to uh to Amazon and so you're going to get in, for 30 bucks you'll get four of them which is a pretty good deal. It's like 7.25 each. Um so that so that's good. The the the, the Miros um, Smart Plug Mini and the shape is great because you can actually put two of them in a standard outlet. They're they're Ooh, rectangular, nice. right? And so they don't they don't like hang over and take up the whole outlet. So you can only plug one thing in. Uh, so th- that's that's really nice. Yeah. So these coupled with light bulbs. You don't have to do any electrician work to exactly. do a smart home. Right. Right. Between these and smart bulbs. You don't need to you don't need to worry about wiring at all. Um, what you might do is you get some of the uh, like wall uh, battery powered remote switches and that that way you can control them without having to say something to Alexa or Siri or without having to open your phone up because, you know, you may be techie, but the people you live with are probably not. And they'll get really frustrated if you tell them that they can't flip the switches. <laughs> you got to give them a way Am- to turn the lights on and off. Amazon, I think, actually makes a robot switch now that you can tell the a lady to um, flip her on and off. Oh, that's really handy. That's that's good. That could have been a good yeah. pick, but yeah, well, well, we're making this list too long. Right, but. right, right. I'm gonna get. I mean, there's even things I bought that actually go over the analog physical switches mm-hmm. to prevent people from flipping them, uh, because then that turns off the thing and the automations don't work. So. Uh, but that's another level. We'll, we we may have talked about that in a previous home automation episode, but if we haven't, we certainly will in a future home automation episode because you can guarantee that I will be talking about this as a main topic at some point in the future. So uh, so that's the the smart out, the Mira smart outlets. The other one I want to talk about is a switch bot, um, and I got the wrong link. So let me get the let me get the right link here. Um, switch bot. So SwitchBot is another company. The um, Smart Plug Mini 15 amp um, 
energy monitor. Now, this is what really interesting to me. So, what this can do is, is uh, it has it has it does the same thing that the the Miros one does, except it can also monitor power usage in the you know coming through the outlet, and that is really nice for when you're doing automations. And so, for example, uh, there are times when like um, if I have I, I've since fixed this, but for a while I had a situation where I couldn't put on the space heater or room air conditioner, depending on the season in my office, if the washer in the next room was running, uh, it would overload the circuit, trip the breaker. My, all the power in my office would go off all my computers. It was a bad thing. Uh, and so I finally uh, got this thing, two of these, put them on each one. And so whenever the power draw on the washer went above the, minimum level that it sits at when it's not operating, it would turn off the space heater. Uh, you know, the, the, the outlet for the space heater so that it wouldn't, you know, trip the breaker. I since had an electrician come in and, and do a dedicated circuit, you know, uh, just for the washer, just because <laughs> I didn't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, and I just didn't like the washer being on the same circuit as all of the computer equipment in my office. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, <laughs> but nevertheless, um, this is you could think if you think about it, you could come up with reasons you'd want to automate no things based on power draw. You know, uh, you can think of all kinds of things, you know, when uh, trying to think like when a, when your bathroom, when a light in the bathroom goes on or, or, or light in your bedroom goes on, uh, it turns on the coffee pot or you know, what I mean, you could you could figure out different things you could do um that uh, that would be useful to know or just you want to keep track of power usage how much energy am i using on these different devices that can always be very useful it looks like the um, max output of it is 875 watts so that would work with um unless you're um mining bitcoin that should work with any computer fine right yes yes Mo that should yeah that should work with most um, things uh, I might have been pushing it a bit with the with the washer or or a space. I'm not sure I would put this. The space heater wasn't on it, and, and I've always been iffy about putting the space heater on one on a smart outlet because the space heaters draw a lot of power, and I yep. and you know you, you could burn it out at best um, or catch a fire at worst. So you you might you got to be careful with that. Um, you, you got to make sure that the that it can handle the power draw on on the whatever you're plugging into it. Um, but you're right. Uh, this and this was um, how much was this one? It was forty bucks for four of them. I think it is or uh, yeah, four pack is forty bucks. So that's a pretty good deal. Um, then my last one is um, oh, that's what it was. Okay, so that that was the um, the. Switchbot indoor humidity and temperature sensor. Now that I need to also look up um, because I, I got the wrong link on that. That's the one I had the wrong link on. Um, this is good podcasting here, folks. Um, so here we go. On the fly. I'm on the fly. <laughs> I am so prepared. Uh, all right. So we had an issue uh, in my house where our my daughters, they all, their room, they're constantly having, um, we had mold issues in their room. And we're like, what is going on in here? And so I, I wanted to, we put a dehumidifier in uh, there that burns basically year round, uh, but I wanted to monitor the, the humidity in their room. So I picked up the SwitchBot um, Wi-Fi thermometer, hygrometer, 
IR remote control, et cetera. It's got a bunch of different functions it can do, but the hygrometer, which is a humidity meter, basically, um, uh, is the thing I wanted. And so it measures, it has a display. It will show you the the temperature and humidity in the space that it's in, and it will also record it. And so I get a, a graph of the humidity and I get an alert if there, I've set it up so that I get an alert if the humidity goes above a certain uh, amount, a certain percentage in their room and I need to go check out what's going on. Usually it's they, the humidifier is full uh, and they just failed to tell me or they've unplugged it because it's too loud, quote unquote, or they wanted to plug in something. Um, it's like you got you to gotta plug it in. Uh, I do call it the moisture vaporator because we're all Star Wars fans here. And so that's what we're doing is we're farming moisture <laughs> like uh, Luke and his uh, Uncle Owen. Um, so and that's uh, that's the most expensive of these. That's 70 bucks for that. But uh, it does a bunch of things. It does. Um, it, it can act as a SwitchBot hub uh, with their. They have a lot of different devices, including the curtains, SwitchBot curtain things where they can open and close your curtains automated uh, and that sort of thing, which I think is really cool and um, I'm refraining from buying because I, I really can just get up and walk over and open my curtains. But I could see, you know, in situations, especially if I lived in a place where the curtains were rods were like way high or these, you know, big curtains, you know, at the lake, it, at the lake, at the lake house. Right. We, uh, uh Pat came, uh, and, and, and my, and my father-in-law, Randy came up and, uh, for vacation with us at, in a lake house in, this summer. Um, and there were these windows that were way high up that could have had curtains on it if there was a way to open and close them remotely, which you could with the SwitchBot curtains, which even have uh, uh, solar panels on them, so they charge themselves. Uh, so you don't have to climb up mm. on a ladder to change the batteries. Uh, so that's that's really cool. Uh, that wasn't one of my picks, but I just, uh, you know, my one of my gift guide ideas, but just take that as a bonus. Um, I'll, I'll, now I have to go find it and put a link to it in the show notes. <laughs> do you think, do you think Tashi Station on Tatooine carries all that stuff yeah you can get it at tashi station but don't go to hang out with your friends there and just, okay. and just fooling around you gotta you got work to okay. do here on the farm there okay, Luke. okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right so those are our christmas gift ideas for this week um we over the next month or so we'll have uh shows where the the rest of the, our, our secrets of tech family will get to share their christmas gift ideas with you uh just a programming note uh, as we record this, there will not be a new episode the week as usual. We we're not going to drop an episode on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'll be too busy uh, being comatose from Turkey. So uh, I'm not going to be making a show for you, but uh, we'll be back the following week with a all new episode of, uh, of secrets of tech with more gift ideas. Excellent. So before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Tony L Gerardo E, Greg C, Wesley B, and Kevin T. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. All right, so let's move on to our headlines. And our headlines this week are out of this world, folks. A little pun there. A little pun. Because our first headline is... From CNN, it says uh, the the U.S. is receiving dozens of UFO reports a month. A senior Pentagon official tells CNN. Uh, so this is uh, actually this article is from a, a little while ago. I just, we're just getting around to it now. But uh, the the government agency that 
we, has been revealed that keeps track of these things has is now required by law to make an annual report to Congress of reports of UAPs. This is what we call them now that we don't call them UFOs, the UFO unidentified flying object. Now we call them UAP unidentified aerial phenomena because it's the government. We need a new acronym. So according to the, uh, this office, they said they received 800 reports of unidentified objects to investigate as of this past April. So in the year ending this past April, up from 650 reports in August of 2022. So there's a lot more coming in. So why are we other UFOs everywhere now? Uh, They say the vast majority of the objects are explainable balloons, drones. Some may be spy balloons from the Chinese or other, you know, trash in the in the air, whatever. Um, There's Starlink Starlink. Right. I'm sure that's (laughs) happening. The people seeing the Starlink train. Uh, Most sightings and observations come from near restricted military airspace. But they say that's likely a result of the additional sensors and radars around those facilities. So. You know, that, I guess that makes sense. They said two to four percent of the of all of the reports, though, are truly anomalous and require further investigation. Uh, they have what they say, interesting signatures such as high speed travel or, quote, unknown morphologies. So make it that way. You will. Uh, what do you think of this? Uh, you know, are, are, some days I think we're they're just gaslighting us like they're they're hiding top secret military programs by focusing on ufo stuff and sometimes i think they're gaslighting us trying to make us think that there aren't ufos by being so open about it <laughs> what do you i uh, maybe i may be two levels down on this uh with the tinfoil hat what do you all think of this jimmy tells us it's always aliens right because <laughs> it's, it's always right. aliens that's right it's always unless aliens. there's a demon in that in that <laughs> ufo because <laughs> <laughs> it's always demons too uh I mean, what do you think? I mean, we they have all these UAP reports. Is, is it just we're paying attention now? Uh, what do you think? Like, I'm not necessarily asking if you think aliens are real or not, but just what do you think of all of these reports? I think there's so much technology and advancement happening that, like, not that just that we don't know about, but even that the government doesn't know about, right? You think about the... The large amount of airplanes and stuff happened by like early people doing things, right? And so some of this advancement of technology just on Earth, not out of this world, is happening that people don't have a hold of it. And so I think some of that can be explained by that. And then some of it can be explained by the fact that countries like to spy on each other. Yeah. I usually don't jump to the conclusion of the craziest first use Occam's razor on things, right? The simplest mm-hmm. explanation is probably the best. Right. Right. And there's a lot more people with drones and that could have lights on them and things like, you know, we had used to have rocket, you know, kids doing rockets. Well, kids are into other things now. And some of those things could be misinterpreted by, by scaling problems. You know, how we, what you think mm-hmm. is the size of something or the speed of something in we're, we're fallible. And right. the other thing is, is I think that there are more movies, more culture that people are a little bit more aware of, of, of uh, literature and movies with these types of things in them. So I think that they jump mm-hmm. to conclusions. Yeah, I belong to a Facebook group that covers for a local area known as the Bridgewater Triangle. It's a it's a supposedly has all the supernatural phenomena and people are constantly like posting pictures like, look what I captured on my camera. Look at that shadow there. That's that's definitely an Indian chief. And I'm like, 
that's your shadow. Like it literally goes from where you're standing out. That is your shadow or, you know, this weird bright thing. It's this, the, the streak across. That's a, that's a lens flare. Like it's, you know, and I think because everyone's every, literally everyone has a camera on them at all times. I think there's more of this sort of thing. I'd like, uh, frankly, I, I would love for there to be aliens. I, re- I think that would be the, the coolest thing ever is if there were actual aliens in, in actual advanced they space. They were fare. friendly. Uh, friendly, sure. Yeah. Um, if they're not, we'll just send Jeff Goldblum up and he'll insert a virus in with his Mac, uh, PowerBook uh, 520, whatever it was, uh, the Wall Street PowerBook uh, to, to, to knock him out of the sky. Uh, but, but, if, but, you know, I just love the idea of that. Frankly, I find that less scary than the, than the possibility that the Russians or the Chinese have sufficiently advanced flying technology like some of these things are described of being able to do. So uh, that's that's my big uh, concern there. So uh, I just I think it bears watching. Um, there's always we keep getting more and more crazy stories and people claiming inside knowledge. But until until someone produces a spacecraft or a walking, talking alien it's going to be hard to convince me otherwise. The, the mummies from Mexico won't do it for you? No, no, not the the alien <laughs> mummies. Oh, my gosh. That was the... Like, <laughs> that was weird, and they brought them back again. Yeah, you know, like they came back for another tour. Oh, my gosh. The, 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 truth, is, the truth is out there, though. <laughs> yes, it's really out. Oh, it is out there, all right. <laughs> So our uh, our second headline uh, has to do with a, moving back to the VR space. The the difference between Vision Pro and the Meta uh, Quest approach to AR VR. Uh, and in fact, the headline is Apple is approaching social on Vision Pro the way Meta should have all along. And it's interesting because the this article goes into how Meta's approach to social uh, you know on the Quest has been fragmented. You know, every, there's some spaces that Meta provides there, but most ways of having social interaction are fra- are up left up to the individual app developers. There's some virtual spaces that are common, but you know, e- each one you have to log, you know, create your your space separately. You have different v- uh, avatars, and it's really kind of a fragmented experience. You you can be so you know have social interaction with people. But I, as I've had the experience with this where just, you know, uh, Pat, I think you and I and um, your son, Tim, were once trying to, you know, get together in one place, in, you know, on the quest. And it was hard to find a place that worked and wasn't, you know, uh, uh, hard. Whereas the way Apple has uh, designed the Vision Pro system, based on what we know now, is they are providing a basic level of social interaction that all programmers will have access to through the, the this thing called share play. So if you want to, if a developer wants to allow you to share music or video or something with others, it's there, the basic in the basic system. And then you have a, the, the avatar, which is based on, you know, an image of yourself is the same throughout the whole system. So I kind of, I like that the article is an interesting article and it, uh, it's an interesting way. It, it, it gives an interesting insight into the differences between the two ways the companies approached it. What did you think of this, Pat? What did you think? Well, 
Uh, I thought it was interesting. Now, what I had heard so much before was the Vision Pro seemed aimed at individual experiences, where the Meta one was seemed to be aimed at group experiences, that all the examples they used and all were, were focused on, you know, how you would use this thing, not how you would share with it. So I, I, this article really opened up a whole different thing for me because I didn't hadn't heard that before. Right. Right. Yeah. Some of the stuff they'd shown in the demo were of people interacting on FaceTime or doing work related things. Uh, but there wasn't a whole lot of interacting with other like friends or family wearing vision. Pros. Right. Right. Probably because as a $3,000 headset, it's, you're not going to have a lot. You're not going to have a lot of friends wearing these, at least in the in the early days. But yeah, that's interesting. What about you, Father? What do you think of of the differences? I think we're talking about software differences is the big yeah. thing. I think Facebook on the application side of it, it's because it's Facebook, it's more so because it met us Facebook, it's more social. And we're going to look at it as being more social. But that doesn't mean that Facebook's implementation of software has always been poor. Oh, yeah. Their algorithm is great. Their website and their apps are the clunkiest, worst worst things. (laughs) Worst, yes. And the fact that people put up with it proves that they're all addicted. (laughs) So... They they're not good at software. They're good at algorithms. Right. And the only reason the Oculus is really good is because they bought what someone else made, to be honest. Right. They Um, bought Oculus, the company, and then they they changed it to Meta. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that Apple's doing the software side better. I mean, that's kind of what their MO has been since the late 90s was that they did the software side better. And it's, but it is kind of surprising because social is what Facebook's biz, primary business function is. I mean, that's what Meta is about, is about social. And they just can't, I mean, people have mercilessly mocked, you know, Meta Horizons, that whole thing. It was just the, it, it, as soon as people saw it, they was, this is awful. And, you know, the, the vision it remains to be seen. This is still a, a vaporware product effectively. I mean, it's, it's not out yet, so we don't know exactly how it's going to work. We've only seen the demos, although based on what people who third parties who tried it have said, it's going to be, you know, astounding, uh, an astounding leap forward. But nevertheless, um, you'd expect meta to, to do this better, but they're not. And, um, and I think that's part of it is they're just, they do not have the programming jobs now, like running Facebook and app that, billions of people use every day like literally is hard i get that how hard that is but it just doesn't work very well with no, with, it's with bad. it yeah and even the quest i've i've as much as i have enjoyed using it there it there are the the edges that you run into on that uh you know the 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 um metaphorical edges where it's just oh that that's not as smooth that doesn't work as well and yeah well, and for one thing, it's it's kind of like a difference between having a flea market and a store that's got all of these departments that all work together. Right. Meta has done the flea market approach. Each little app does its own thing and has its own standards for controls and its own uh, avatars. Well, they've got a few that share avatars. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a different approach. And, and therefore, it's not it's, it's very disjointed. Although the individual apps or the individual experiences may be very good, it doesn't 
lead you to have the same experience on a neighbor's app. Right. Aren't we back to the perennial? I mean, it's kind of like the Android versus iOS thing all over again. Yeah, because the operating system there ties everything together and it's yep. all unified. And we're Android. It's it's the Wild West. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think you're I think. By analogy, it's not perfect, but Facebook is kind of the Android in the in that market. And well, that's what the Meta is—is is an Android. Yeah. yeah, and then well, it <laughs> is. Yeah, it is an. So then you have you have that as an Android device, and then you have the Apple device, and so it gets right. down to that whole thing of their infrastructures haven't changed. It's the walled environment is going to feel better. Right. Sure. Or the integrated environment. I mean, you'd look at, you know, sometimes walled garden is used as a pejorative, but really it's everything is designed to work together with a base level of polish that's underneath everything that developers can build on top of that Apple, you know, gives in the tools. And that can feel confining to someone who doesn't want to use those tools. I want to do my own thing and that's okay. Well, you can go to Meta or Android. Uh, but if you want to you know, use those tools to build on top of, they're there for, for that sort of developer. So um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot, a lot to be left to be seen and it's certainly the race isn't over yet. Meta can pick up a lot of ground here. They've had to head start out of the gate. Uh, let's see if they learn any lessons and uh, competition is good. I like competition. Does Google, does Google have a device? They had one, they dropped it, yeah. but they still have or have one game that's under development and in without a device to run it on. <laughs> right. They had, I saw an article about that. Yeah. yeah. So they put all their eggs in one basket, ran with it for five years and abandoned it. Abandoned the basket but kept a couple of eggs. <laughs> okay. That yeah. sounds familiar. That's, that sounds like Google. <laughs> so our last headline uh is it kind of a little I don't know if it's self serving or not, but it's very it, it was fascinating to me. People with CarPlay are mostly just listening to AM, FM radio. And so uh, CarPlay or Android Auto, I'm, I'm going to guess, is the same. So Edison Research is a uh, research firm, and they surveyed people who people who both do have Android Auto and CarPlay and those who do not. And they said they found that people who have neither of these uh, car uh, options that allow you to connect your phone and it's apps to your, to the entertainment system for the people who don't have that 67% of the time they spent listening to AM FM radio, 9% of the time spent listening to streaming services like Apple music, uh, 12% of the time spent listening to Sirius XM, 4% of the time spent listening to podcasts and 8% of the time listening to other, uh, which is probably the kids screaming in the backseat. Uh, I'm in this, this uh, I'm in this category because I don't have CarPlay or injured auto. My car's too old for that. Um, and then, but with people who do have one of those CarPlay or Android Auto, forty six percent of the time still spent listening to the AM FM radio in the car. I thought that's fascinating. Eighteen percent of the time listening to streaming services like Apple Music, nineteen percent Sirius XM, seven percent podcast, ten percent other. I I was I got I was flabbergasted to, to realize that these numbers were like of, for AM FM radio were so high, even for people who bothered to get CarPlay or Android Auto. What do you think of this? Well, I guess one question I have is they may have uh, CarPlay, but are they really using their phones as a full entertainment system already? A lot of them may not be. So right. the, that kind of distorts the numbers. Well, that's the thing is, is if they're not using their, like they're, then they're not using their phones because uh, for entertainment because they're listening to the AM radio or FM radio in the car. Right. 
Yeah. Well, or the other way around. They don't they don't really know how to listen to podcasts. They don't yeah. really know how to do that type of thing. So they're that basically is a wasted uh yeah. appliance at that point. Although people generally, if you have a smartphone, you, I, I would guess a lot of people know how to listen to music on their phone, whether it's Apple Music or I Spotify. I don't because I don't want it to run through my data. <laughs> well, right, right, right. But uh, And especially if I'm out in my car, why should I do that when I can get free off the radio? Yeah. That, uh, it may be a generational thing. That's for sure. I was going to say, <laughs> it may be. <laughs> I am at that other generation end from yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably an outlier even in my own generation because I never listen to radio in the car. Like, like it, I would be zero on this. Um, I It's either music or podcasts. Now, granted, I'm a podcaster, so that seems natural to me, but uh, it's just, I don't know. What do you, what about you, Father? How, what do you do when you're in the car? I was looking at this because of the area of the country I live. I think I probably spend that 46% would probably apply to what, listening to Sirius XM for me. Um, I think it would mostly apply during baseball season. I spend a lot of time driving, listening to baseball. Yeah. And so you're uh, you're falling asleep as I say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to amend it. I, I do listen to a lot of things, uh, audio books and, right. and podcasts while I'm driving. Well, that would be the but other. I don't category. I don't yeah. have CarPlay that I yeah. don't have CarPlay. Right. So if I had CarPlay, maybe I would use it more. You know, and then I am my go go to podcast, too. But yeah, I mean, we're ca- I'm kind of a um, outlier market as someone who's mm-hmm. doing podcasts and who lives in the middle of nowhere that my habits probably don't align with the majority of the country. But that's interesting. Interesting thing to me is that is that uh, AMFM radio, whether you have, have CarPlay or not, or uh, Android Auto or not, is still so big. It's still it's yep. still the king of the hill for people in their cars. And, you know, I, you know, I live in the Boston area. I know I had a commute for a long time. I know when you're stuck in the car, you got you want to listen to something and listening to talk, whether it's the sports radio or the morning zoo or, you know, whatever it is, or the drive time, you know, afternoon, whatever, that's compelling, interesting, I think, for folks. Uh, I I think as a podcaster, I, th- I see that 7% or 4% to listen to podcasts. I, d- I don't get discouraged by that. I say, wow, we have a lot of opportunity here mm-hmm. to, 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 to grow, to grow our, our listening audience. Uh, so uh, I'm look, I kind of look forward to that idea. So um, it's very interesting to me. All right. So those are our headlines. And so let's move on to our picks of the week. Father Joseph, you're up first. What is your pick? My pick of the week is cue the drum roll. The raspberry pie shortage is now pretty much over. Right. Which makes this site that I'm going to pick actually useful because it was a dead site before. Because yeah, you couldn't find it. (laughs) You couldn't find. So there's a site called Raspberry Pi Locator, our Pi Locator, and now that the shortage is finally over, you know you have you still have stock issues, right? People still go out of stock, but you have enough, which was kind of the way it was before the shortage. You'd have stores that would have some in stock, some not in stock. And so it gets it tells you who has what models in stock, their prices, and gets you and tells you limits they have and all of that. And so it's a really nice um site to find your Raspberry Pis on and mm. spend some money you don't need to spend. Right, right. Just in time for have pie for Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's right. Everybody loves Raspberry Pi. 
the, the, the wind with the new Raspberry Pi five just around the corner. That's uh, th- that's going to be even more useful when you know, when people are looking for that. That's why I was pulling it up was I um, have an itch to um, get this <laughs> new one and yep. want to keep an eye out for it. Well, if you want to know everything about Raspberry Pi, check out a uh, friend of the show, Jeff Gearling, his YouTube page. Uh, yes, he's, indeed. He's he's the, the pie guy. Uh, he's the expert out there. Uh, he actually was invited to go to the uh, Raspberry Pi headquarters in England to tour their factory when the or just wrote the time the Pi 5 was being announced. So uh, Je- Jeff is the pie guy. Excellent. Very good. That's a good resource. Pat, what is your pick this week? Uh, I, well, I know what your pick is, and I'm a little uh, a little frustrated because I was going to pick this uh, in a couple weeks because it's so good, but that's fine. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, I'm afraid I'm an anchor-holic, and uh, th- th- I swear <laughs> that, you know, if a new battery pack comes out or a new adapter, uh, how many hubs do I have in this house yes. uh, that go into computers, you know, both both PCs and Macs, but this, I travel occasionally and this just bounced out at me and said, bring me home <laughs> because it had two USB A's, a three, 3.0, two USB C's and three power outlets. And you plug it into the wall and you've got it in this little small case. And you know, yep. it uses both sides of it. One side for the outlet, and the other side for the USB C and A and it's, I've got it sitting right in front of me. It's really very handy. <laughs> right. It's got a five foot cable. Like, so this is, yeah, it's, it's a, a charging thicker cable too. Yes. It's not a dinky cable. It's, it's a thicker one. It, this is a, tra- a charging station, basically uh, in, in case we didn't say it's the anchor five two five charging station. And like you said, it's got two USB A ports, two USB C ports and three AC outlets. If you've ever been in a hotel, you know how much of a pain it is when you want to, you know, plug things in and charge things and the outlets are all over the place. And, you know, you and and frankly, I get the heebie-jeebies plugging into the provided USB. A No, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't plug your stuff into <laughs> strange uh, USB outlets because you never know what's on the other side, uh, whether it's well, and bad you don't power know the or power. Right. You know. It could be bad power, but it could also be like um, uh, uh, a hackers, hacker data attack. Uh, so this sort of thing is great. Uh, I agree with you. I I, I have one. I have, I have, I'm like you. I have a ton of anchor stuff. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I keep looking at more and more. They keep they keep like putting new things out and saying, Dom, uh, how about this? <laughs> it's five thousand dollar house p- power station. I'm like, oh, man, if we have a power outage, you could power the whole house off of that battery. <laughs> and Melanie would say, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know fun kids don't need a college education so uh yes very good pick though and it's uh the black one is 41.99 the white one is 51.99 uh get the get the black one <laughs> yes it, just, it's, it looks nice and sleek excellent so my pick this week uh last time i think it was i i uh, picked the EA Play service on the Steam uh, Steam Deck, which has been very useful, a very handy uh, way of getting access to a lot of games, uh, not first-run games that my kids could play. This is another option for you, and this will work on a Mac um, and PC and Linux. Uh, it's the NVIDIA GeForce Now service, and this is a streaming game service where you, you stream over the Internet, and it has a free tier, which is... Okay. Um, you, you, if you if you want to if you're going to get serious about this, you're going to want to pay for it. Uh, but then they have a ten dollar priority tier and a twenty dollar a month, uh, per, ten dollar a month, twenty dollar a month uh, ultimate tier as well. And basically, what you're doing is you're connecting over the internet 
to a Windows box with a NVIDIA graphics card on it and streaming the game uh, over the Internet. And they have a whole list of uh, really nice games that you can play. And it's all included in the in the one price at the free level. There's a you have to wait. There's only there's like a, a waiting. You have to wait for a server to free up one of the free ones. And they're uh, and they could they could be hundreds of people in line in front of you. Like my son would get would want to do it and he'd get frustrated and quit because he's waiting a half hour and it, and it, uh, it wasn't available. Uh, but if you get the paid one, you have pre- priority access. You get access to you get up to 1080p resolution, 60 frames per second. Um, the free tier, you get only one hour at a time. The, the ten dollar, it's six hours at a time, which frankly, you probably should not be gaming for six, six out more than six hours or six hours at all. Um, the twenty dollar month, uh, you get access to the uh, to a, a, a server with the GeForce RTX 480, which is a really high end graphics card. You get 4K resolution up to 120 uh, frames per second. So that's a really premium gaming experience. You do need a decent internet internet connection you don't need like a you don't need like a, a gigabit fiber but you know if you have a, a decent internet connection that should be plenty um so uh the, the lag wasn't too bad i don't I, I wasn't playing any like first person shooters i was playing mainly uh, uh when i tried it out um mainly like uh, sim games like endless legends i think it was called um was when i was playing on it and it worked pretty good so um if you don't want to shell out for a gaming machine and you don't want to get a switch or, you know, you want to do PC gaming, you don't want to switch or a steam deck. This is an option uh, to check out and it's, you can try it out for free. Cool. I just assumed you had to have an NVIDIA card in order to use this. So I'm very glad to find out about it. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's the, the great thing is, is you don't, the, the NVIDIA card is on the other end of the connection. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. You know, so, even with the free tier, I find sometimes with my, um, I have the Xbox Game Pass thing, and I find even with that, I'm waiting in line to stream sometimes for, right. it's not 30 minutes, but sometimes 5, 10 minutes, sometimes the game doesn't even start because there's such a mm-hmm. waiting Backlog. line. So, so, so with the other, the other paid services, sometimes there's a wait, so. Yeah, so the free, the free might be the free might be as good as the um as the paid, paid for some of those services. <laughs> that's true, that's true, that's true. Um and frankly, a 1-hour session length is about the as long as I want my my kids to be on the game to begin with. So, uh it'll kick them off. Blessed Carlo Cutis limited himself to 1 hour a week. So, 1 hour a week. Wow, that is uh, That's the story which I, I was one of the things I think for the um, proclamation of how holy the young kid was, was the fact that if he completed the Pokemon game playing one hour a week, <laughs> he was a man of great patience and endurance. <laughs> it's, it's a miracle. It's his first miracle. <laughs> That's awesome. I get about an hour a week to game just because I can't get a hold of the thing out of my kid's hands. Uh, although we've recently discovered Mario Kart as a family and, Wow. Oh, that's fun. It's so much fun. I love uh, beating my kids in Mario Kart. Uh, although n- not anymore. I like the for the first week I was I was wiping wiping them the deck with them and now they're they're beating me every time. So it's just the the nature of things. Introduce them to Super Smash Brothers and then you can beat them again. Yes, yes, that will be the next one we we get. <laughs> All right. So those are our picks of the week and that's it for us this time. Uh we'd love to get your feedback on uh, our 
gift guide or our headlines or our picks of the week or anything we discussed, you can do that by uh, commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at starquest.fm slash TEC235. Uh, please write a review of the show in Apple Podcasts or any of the podcast directories that let you review shows and share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow that 8% of the podcast listeners in the car. And you're the ones who help us do that. So share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow. Until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. It was fun as always. Father Joseph's son, thank you as well. Until next time. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>